This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. I'm Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law, host of In Legal Terms. If you're enjoying this podcast, I encourage you to listen to In Legal Terms, the show about you and your rights. We find interesting legal topics to bring to you and let you know how the law affects you. Find In Legal Terms on any podcasting platform on your smart device or on our website, inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. Our host is usually Coach Charlie Melton, ASC Certified Master Technician. I am always Liz Gill, but Coach is out today, so I've asked a friend to join me. You might have heard him on an In Legal Terms podcast this year. It's General Counsel Eric Brown from the Mississippi Department of Public Safety. You know, Department of Public Safety, where you go to get your driver's license, and they're also the folks who have the Mississippi Highway Patrol. We're going to talk about IDs and road legal vehicles and take your questions. I just don't think he can talk about oil changes and ceramic breaks and stuff. But, you know, all the other legally kind of things having to do with your car. He's pulled up his uh, law library, and uh, we are ready to go. So hello, Eric. We're so glad that you're joining us on AutoCorrect. Good morning. Thank you for having me this morning. Um, There's lots of interesting things to talk about with the Department of Public Safety. I can tell you how to take a car apart, (laughs) but I can't tell you anything about putting it back together. Um, There was a time in the summer of 1998 that my dad made me work at a salvage yard before I started college. Oh. So I learned a little bit, but not nearly enough to know anything to have a substantive conversation about it. <laughs> well yeah. well that's good you know let's uh ooh, jay jay white is our 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 board engineer crew member we should like have a thing for when we have guests uh what's been the i don't know what's the ride that typifies you what uh, uh eric just just uh, amuse yourself for a moment while jay and i talk <laughs> what should be our our question for like uh what was your first ride or what ride everybody typifies has the first you? car that they yeah. well the first car they loved <laughs> some people had cars before that one uh-huh. but for a lot of people those are one and the same i know for me it was a 1985 toyota sr5 pickup truck that i just beat to heck and back uh, as a 15-year-old with a driver's license, <laughs> wrong step, Mississippi. Anyway, that was a long time ago. So, yeah. All right. So let's go with Eric. Eric, uh, tell us. So I had a 1983 S10, five-speed. I knew how to drive a standard, which made me so much more attractive than the other. That's that's a joke. <laughs> but, but, uh, but, yeah, I, that was my first uh, vehicle, and I drove it. I think we got rid of it. It had over 300,000 miles on it still. So oh, well, that's we, good. We, it was a good good vehicle. Yeah. You maintained it well then. I did. All right. So let's let's jump right in. And I think what everybody fears, everybody, man, woman, black, white, tall, short, is getting pulled over by an officer. Tell us, tell us some stuff about... You know, what happens when an officer pulls you over, what you should do, what you shouldn't do. Give us give us a, a little bit. You know, when they, they come over and they walk up to your door, you roll down the window. Do you get out? Yeah, th- good question. So first, before I start with that, let's just say this. There are as many attorneys as you can probably find 
if, is, as hard as you want to look, you're going to find them. And they're going to give different opinions. Okay. And, and please know that I'm not going to sit here and say that my opinion is the one to, to go with forever and ever. There are going to be those that as soon as I get off this call, they're going to text me. I can't believe you said that. But at the end of the day, uh, I am going to give you some uh, some opinions based on my experiences and things that I have seen in the field. And I graduated law school in 2008, so I know I've, I've been through this a little bit, but I can give you uh, some some information to, to probably point you in the right way. Great. Um, I'll say this: you know, every every time law enforcement officers have any reason to pull somebody over, it doesn't mean that the worst thing in the world is going to happen. Obviously, I think everybody's head goes to that area. Based well, on now see me. I have read like the Yahoo article that said at Christmas time, police officers are pulling you over and they'll sure. give you $50 if you're wearing your seatbelt and doing something right. I, I, I'm a glass half full kind of gal. Where is that? I, I'm a glass half full kind of gal. And that's always what I'm thinking. Oh, yep. someone's going to pull me over and say what a good driver I am. I could just quit DoorDash and drive around that town for a little while. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think that MHP has got that capability <laughs> right. to do that. Right, but I'm right. sure they'll, they'll want to jump in on that if they could. Um, but look, look, an interaction with law enforcement, clearly it's different than what you're used to doing. So I, I understand people's hesitancy to approach the situation with, oh, this is going to be fine. Because obviously they pulled you over for a reason. All right? and the, the law is clear uh, that when an officer has probable cause to believe that a traffic infraction has occurred, uh, they have a reason to pull that, that vehicle over. So when they pull that vehicle over and you're off on the side of the road, look, you know, Courtesy is going to go a long way. It, it always does. But, and that goes both ways, right? So uh, there's really no, there's no set guidelines that say if you do this, everything is going to be fine. Or if you don't do these things, it's going to be a problem. But for the most part, you know, law enforcement out there is trained. They're professional in what they're doing. And things kind of go wrong when people start, and I hate to say this, they start becoming YouTube lawyers. And what I mean is I have gotten numerous phone calls and emails and questions across the past four years where people say, well, I saw this video that said that I can do this. TikTok, that's my new thing. Or I can do that. And the reality is, is the guy that probably failed history in high school is the guy posting that video on YouTube. So it's sometimes not the best source to get that information from. I understand, obviously, we can learn a lot from each other, but I like to see the source on when I'm getting that information from. So when it comes to law enforcement, they're pulling you over. I mean, look, they're going to ask you for your license nearly every time. And there's a lot of questions out there in the community about, do I have to give the license? And the answer is yes. There's really no way around it. We have a state statute that is clear, uh, 63-141, that says that anyone that's driving a vehicle, when they're encountering law enforcement, when they when that law enforcement officer asks them or demands that license, they have to give it to them. And not giving the license is its own problem. It's its own, it's its own violation, and it become, and it can be an arrestable offense. It doesn't have to be. Uh, but it could be. So we're an or a, we're a license upon demand state. That's a way to look at that, to say, hey, when it comes down to it, um, we are looking to see whether or not that person is a licensed driver. Because at the end of the day, when it comes to the Department of Public Safety, we're looking at this is a public safety issue. We can't have people that don't have licenses driving vehicles up and down the road. Very good. So um, after you've given them your license, if they ask well, I guess they ask to search. Someone might ask to search your vehicle. What can you say? What should you say? What do people say? Sure. I, well, I won't tell anybody what they should say when it comes to that situation. It's up to that person to make that call if, if that question is asked. 
But I can say this, that we do get the question is, hey, can, can they search my vehicle when they've just pulled me over for a traffic infraction? And while I would love to tell you what I think about it, I'll just tell you what the United States Supreme Court has said. And in the Wren case, they said that the decision to stop an automobile is reasonable where the police have probable cause to believe the traffic violation has occurred. And then when a police officer observes the driver commit what he believes to be a traffic violation, that gives them enough to pull that vehicle off and that vehicle over and make that stop. But when they observe the traffic violation, it gives them probable cause to detain that person long enough to issue a traffic citation. Now, what happens from there is anybody's guess, right? If there's a smell of marijuana coming from the vehicle, you're probably going to get asked that question about searching the vehicle. And if you say no, you're probably going to get it searched anyway because they're smelling burnt, burnt marijuana coming from a vehicle. So there are things that changes and the Supreme Court has said in Mississippi that there's five, when it comes to the officer's five senses, and that's the things we learned about when we were in kindergarten, Ooh, okay. the five senses, they're allowed to establish that probable cause based on things they see, things they hear, and, you know, all the rest of them, right? So when they smell contraband or if they see something that looks out of place, they can have that next step that allows them to search that vehicle at times. All right. So uh, what about if they ask you, can they ask you to step out? Can they ask you to take a sobriety test? That's another thing you see on the, mm-hmm. the videos. Yeah, there, there's probably, there's many reasons why an officer would ask someone to get out of the vehicle. But the number one question is going to be whether it's safe to do so. Oh, yeah. So the, the, the biggest thing is for anybody that has that issue, they just might want to, you know, if they don't want to step out, that doesn't mean they don't get to. But they, please know the officers are trained in a way that they're not going to, let you step out into oncoming traffic. They're not going to let you step out into the, the interstate when things are going on. But the reason the officer's asking is likely because there's an officer safety issue at play where perhaps your windows are tinted a little bit too far and they can't see what's going on or you didn't roll your window down and they can only see a millimeter within the vehicle and there's no way to see what's going on. So for their safety and yours, it's a good idea to go ahead and roll that window down. But there are times they'll ask you to step out of the vehicle um, and some of those are for what you said, like sobriety tests that have to be uh, conducted. So, yes, they can ask that uh, uh, to do so. And at times they will then order an individual to do so if they have reason to believe that it needs to happen. All right. And what about, you know, we mentioned kind of YouTube and TikTok. We hope, uh, you know, our, do officers, you work with, you work in the, the Department of the Highway Patrol. Do they have body cameras? Right, so every Highway Patrol vehicle has got dash cam video. Oh, dash cam, uh-huh. Yeah. So since uh, our Highway Patrol officers are not foot, foot traffic officers like we see in local communities, mm-hmm. uh, they, don't have, uh, they don't have body cameras right now. What they have is the dash cam video, which shows everything that happens from a stop uh, and accidents that they, re- reply to, that they respond to and this, that, and the other. But, uh, but yes, there is a, there's almost always going to be a video that, that, that shows the stop, the stop that happens. Can the person in the car film the officer? Right. So it's funny you asked that question. Our commissioner has actually addressed that question head on. Uh, we had an issue uh, down south not too long ago where uh, he wanted to make it clear to everybody in the community what's going on. He said that while DPS and the Highway Patrol recognize and respect the right of citizens to observe and even record law enforcement officers exercising their duties, those rights are not without limitations. And what that means is, yes, Sure, you can you can video uh, a law enforcement officer doing his or her job. There, there's nothing wrong with that at all. But that that permission doesn't come without any restriction. It doesn't mean you can do the whole thing. You can't ask the officer, well, I need you to record this for me because now you're putting the handcuffs on me. That's probably not going to work. Okay. Right? So that it, just, it doesn't mean you have unfettered access to that video. But, yes, you could 
uh, in theory, uh, record a law enforcement officer carrying out his or her duties. Oh, man. Roger from Florence, we're so glad you've called in. Hang on. Hey, if you've got a question, email it. Our address is auto at mpbonline.org. We are talking about legal issues associated with driving with our guest, General Counsel Eric Brown from the Mississippi Department of Public Safety. Hey, is your car under recall? Man, that's important to know. Find out next what the latest ones are. You're listening to AutoCorrect, usually with Coach Charlie Melton. I'm Liz Gill. Today, our guest is General Counsel Eric Brown from the Mississippi Department of Public Safety. Hey, if you want even more AutoCorrect, find our podcast on all podcasting platforms for your smart device. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11. So some recent recalls. This startup Revian, Revian, I think everybody's got a startup on these electric truck things. They are recalling more than 12,200 of its vehicles, which I think is all of them. The majority of the vehicles that it has produced over a loose steering knuckle retention fastener that may not have been properly tightened upon installation. So, sorry, folks, your truck is not assembled correctly. Um, Mercedes SUVs are being recalled for seatback lock failure, or some of them are. So you can find out if your particular vehicle has a past recall by going to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's website, NHTSA, N-H-T-S-A dot gov slash recall, and inputting your VIN number. And I, I can't help but say VIN number, although I know that's not how it goes. But anyway, or you can find their Safer Car app. We're talking today about some legal issues associated with driving. Coaches out, so we're not taking your vehicle repair questions. Email us your questions. That address is auto at mpbonline.org. Let's go to uh, Robert in Jackson. Robert, what's your comment or question for us? Good morning. I was curious. Uh, I have a 16-year-old daughter that is preparing for her driver's license test. And when I took mine, the correct hand position on the steering wheel was 10 and 2. But I believe someone told me now it's 3 and 9. Could you tell me what the uh, correct is? That's a great question. I, I can remember when I took driver's ed in 1994, I think it was. I think we went with 10 and 2. Um, I don't think the DPS has really a stance on that issue about where it needs to be. I am more interested in your question or your issue about taking the driving test. Where is your daughter taking the driving test? I believe that her closest location will be located in Pearl. Is she taking the written test or the driving test? Because we no longer have a driving test. That's what I'm curious about. Yeah, no, she's preparing for the, uh, I believe it's online written test. Right. So the written test, if you've got the manual, there's a lot of questions in the back of that manual and answers that they give you that kind of give you what you need to know. I'm unaware of any question that has that specifically in it, but I would just say that's probably going to be a personal preference on the 10 and 2 or 9 and 3, but I will defer to the NHTSA on that. Thank you very much. Thanks, Robert. All right, let's go to Todd in Jackson. Todd, we're so glad that you've joined us for AutoCorrect today with our guest, Attorney Eric Brown from the Mississippi Department of Public Safety. What's your comment or question? Uh, my question uh, for Mr. Brown is, 
Uh, how could a driver, uh, let's say, delay their interaction with the officer when they're being pulled over? I'm thinking especially of, of uh, anybody who might be frightened of the police. Uh, can they turn their flashers on and drive slowly, or will they be charged later with resisting arrest? Uh, this stems from um, uh, my wife's interaction. She's over 65 with a police officer that was, you know, she was driving without her lights, and it turned into a frightening encounter. And I'm wondering what, what you can legally do without being charged later with resisting arrest if you want to drive to a, what you consider a safe area with other people before you have to deal with the officer. Thanks, Todd. That's a great question. Uh, clearly, please know that the Highway Patrol and even the officers that come through the Mississippi Law Enforcement Officers Training Academy are, are trained and, and taught in the idea of, you know, make sure it's safe to pull them over in this area. And that they're well aware, they should be aware, that it's okay to for that driver to get to a well-lit area or to a place that's even safer to pull over because we know there's some places where there are embankments on the side or a cliff or something like that, right? So you want to make sure it's safe for them to do so. I would say that, you know, slowing down and putting the flashers on lets them know the the, the officers, lets the officer know that the intent of the driver is to pull over. I think the problem comes into play when they pass 23 different places they could have pulled over and they think, well, we just passed the Dollar General parking lot right there, so what are we doing? So I can't not say in any way that, you know, doing one thing is going to stop something from somebody from being charged with a certain crime. But I can say that obviously all of those factors considered together would be interesting for a judge to determine whether that would be a valid uh, arrest or, or charge. So I think that you clearly got uh, you've got some leeway to, to get to that well-lit area, but that comes obviously with a caveat to say, sure, anyone can be charged with anything. And I can't really – it's tough to say. You never know if there's an officer in Shubadoo, Mississippi, that you know has a different way of looking at it that would be different than, than MHP. So it's really tough to say that. Thanks, Todd. We're That's glad that nice. you called in. Let's go to TJ in Kosciuszko. TJ, we're glad you called in for autocorrect today. What's going on? Yeah, I have a question for your guest about a vehicle. I know uh, that you can drive a tractor on a Mississippi highway if you have a slow-moving vehicle placard and the right lights and all that stuff. And I have a tractor, but I don't drive it on the highway. But I have a little mini truck, a high jet and it is an untitled vehicle. You know, they come into the country untitled. Can I drive that on the highway? It's a it's a farm truck. Well, that's a great question. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna think back to a minute to I think it was Charlie Murphy that once said uh, he called out Rick James for being a habitual line stepper, stepper because he was kind of moving over into areas that weren't really his area that he should have been talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that I'm the guy to talk to about what's a street legal vehicle when it comes to when they're coming in looking different than, you know, by manufacturer standpoint. So I would love to tell you I know the answer. I have learned, yeah. though, that any lawyer that gives you an answer all the time when you ask it <laughs> is probably not telling you the truth because there's no way we know it all. Hey, TJ, let me put you on hold, and Java will take your phone number because we don't keep everybody's phone number here. Uh, Java will take your phone number, and we'll see if we can't get Eric Brown from the Mississippi Department of Public Safety or one of our other attorneys to kind of check up on that for you. Is that okay? Yeah, thank you. Great. 
I'll be glad to look that up. All I'll right. T- I tell the troopers all the time, I wish I knew everything off the top of my head. But sure. That is not the case, though. A high jet. I don't even know about that. I'm going to have to <laughs> Google images to see what that one looks like. Let's go back to uh, Roger from Florence. Couldn't hang on, but he had a question about window tint. And this is my, it's not my hill to die on, but I have I have thoughts on this, too. So uh, is this... Uh, you know, Mississippi, it's hot. We like to have tinted windows. But, of course, you don't want to scare a police officer because they don't know who's who's hiding in there. Is this a stoppable offense? Sure, that's a great question. So window tint, I, I, it's funny you say that. I always make the joke that it seems like everybody in Mississippi is worried about window tint but me because I'm just the only person that doesn't even care or think about it as far as, like, tinting the windows. So. I get made fun of quite a bit for people that are my age that don't think I think it's unimportant. But I understand the reasoning. I get it, right? Um, and, yes, there, it is, there is a, a statute that deals with window tint specifically in Mississippi, uh, and it's 63759. It talks about your windshield and the window wiper, windshield wipers and all these things when it comes to window tint. Um, and the, there's a lot of misunderstanding about what's allowed versus what's not allowed, and you hear people talking about um, medical exemptions for their, you know, their eyesight is different, so therefore they need more window tint, and there's a lot there. Um, first of all, we have a window tint compliance division at DPS, meaning that there's somebody that's always there to to answer those questions. We have a website that's devoted specifically to this. There's a page on there where you can get anything you need to know with window tint. Um, but I'll say this, though, that when the question comes up about can an officer make a stop uh, for a, a possible window tint violation, and the Mississippi Court of Appeals uh, in 2006 said very clearly that the action of an officer stopping a vehicle is reasonable when there is probable cause to believe that traffic violations occurred. Now, they've said that numerous times, but that's just the one that I have that specifically dealt with window tint. Um, and then when that officer makes that stop, if they are check- if, if they believe it's too too much, that gives them probable cause to make that stop. It doesn't mean you're going to get a, a citation. It doesn't mean you're going to be, be wrong, but it means if there's a question about how how, how dark that thing really is. Um, so the, the, the interesting part is that in Mississippi, we're only talking about vehicles that have been registered through our state. So if you're coming from Vermont and you drive through Mississippi and your window tent is way too dark, we really can't issue citations on out-of-state vehicles because they're not registered within our state. That's interesting. So if you look at the statute specifically, and I, I had a boss one time that told me that a code lawyer is a dangerous lawyer, but if you read it, <laughs> and, it and if you read what it actually says, it talks about uh, vehicles that are registered through our state. So since that car from from Vermont is not registered through our state, we're not going to be able to, to issue that same citation. But window tent, the whole issue is really about safety, and it really is. It's nothing about not letting people do what they want to do but we really can't just have unfettered access to just as much window tint as we want all the time where nobody can see anything that's going on. Because when an officer approaches that vehicle, there's no way for them to know what's going on if they can't see. And that you're not being able to see is the most dangerous part for any officer. Yeah, I, I, I want a police officer that for some bizarro reason stops me to feel comfortable. I don't want them to feel threatened. But so we don't do inspections anymore in in Mississippi. And I can remember one time going to a unfamiliar place and getting a vehicle inspection. And he, the very, very first thing he did was say, let me check your window tent. And I thought, 
I bought this car new from the dealer. The dealer put the window tint on, and he takes these two little hockey puck things and sandwiches them together. He says, your window tint's too dark. And I said, tell the Dodge dealer. I mean, I didn't do anything. And, but then he said, well, okay. And I, I, I got an inspection anyway, but so we sure. won't even we so, won't even get so into when that. They come, when they come from the manufacturer like that, clearly there can be you know, issues where maybe it's too dark, but typically that's not going to be the case. It's going to be – they're going to fit within federal guidelines, and those federal guidelines pretty much follow what our state has. But we do have issues where a, a, someone who puts on aftermarket tent, and it might not be from a reputable uh, company – I hate to say it that way, but they want to put it as dark as they want to – well, if those people don't follow the law, then you're going to be paying for something that's going to get you in trouble later on. Forever. Um, yeah. <laughs> our, our, we, we've learned that the, the, the places you've heard about, those that advertise and say this is what we do, those are people that are going to follow the law, and they're not going to put you in a position where you would then have an issue get down the road. Uh, but there are issues where someone can get that exemption, like I said. I want everyone to know, if you don't hear anything else I say, please know this. Having a doctor's excuse is not enough. Just simply saying, my doctor said I can do it, that's enough. That's like step one in the process. You then got to go to the state tax collector and get the form from them, and then you have to get that car, that vehicle registered through that way so that we can say, hey, this is a properly exempted vehicle, and this is why. So it comes up on the computer when right. they type it in. And not just that. They're issued a certificate from the state, so then if you prominently display that on the dashboard of the vehicle, it just makes it a whole lot easier. Officers oh. have a whole lot less questions. So I it's like not that. just about having the, the – I mean, I think we can all think of somebody that might write us an excuse – but that, that, that's not going to be enough. We've got to go to the next step, which is go to the tax collector and get that done within the county of your residence. Our email address where you can send your questions is auto at mpbonline.org. We're discussing legal issues associated with driving. What's in the news? I'm going to tell you next. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Hey, Coach Charlie Melton, retired instructor from Clinton's High School Automotive Technology Program, is usually our expert host. I'm Liz Gill. Today, our guest is General Counsel Eric Brown from the Mississippi Department of Public Safety. I hope you've downloaded our app for your smartphone, the MPB Public Media app. I love it. Listen to things when I'm on vacation. Hey, you can join MPB and make a contribution from the app. Thank you so much. Last whoops, last week we had our pledge drive. Thanks, folks, for who have contributed because you want to support the great work we do with Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Now, AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11. So this is news that's really not news. We still have a month and a half of hurricane season to go, folks. So if you have snuck into your supplies... Get them replenished. Keep that vehicle topped off with gas in case you need to evacuate and know your evacuation route. Also, winter is coming. Begin to consider what you might need to keep in your vehicle as the cold weather sets in. All right. So we're talking about legal issues associated with driving. Email us your questions, auto at mpbonline.org. Okay, super quick. We've got a couple of emails. Let's go to Ed. Ed says, Ed says, that's a MPB uh, education thing, if you didn't know. Anyway, you don't have little toddlers if you don't know that. Okay, can an officer ask for a Social Security number? 
there, there are situations they could. So if there's a uh, if there's a belief that the license they're looking at might not be valid or it might be somebody else, there would be a, a reason for that. Also, if they you don't have a license with you and you don't know your driver's license number and they need to run something through to see who you are, they're probably going to ask for the social security number as well. The reality is once they get enough information about a person, they're going to be able to access the social security number. So it's not like it's that secretive to law enforcement. They're going to be able to get it in some way. So if they're asking for it, that's usually going to be in a way to verify what they already think or to, to just basically say, yeah, this matches what I thought already. Okay. One other email question real quick. Um, my question is, I've seen where people get a new vehicle, but go a year or two with no tag on it. Can an officer arrest you for driving your vehicle back and forth with no tag, but the vehicle is insured? It's such a loaded question, right? So, so first of all, obviously, you've got to get a tag for your vehicle. And I don't know if people realize this, but when you get a tag issued, obviously, they're looking at when the bill of sale was, was, was you know, whenever that happened, that's where they're going to start computing that time or that, that tax. So if you've waited that long, you're going to pay for it. It's not going to, it doesn't just go away. And while I'm not a tax lawyer and I don't pretend to know anything about what the Department of Revenue does, I am a, I was a normal person that's gotten a tag before. I know that's what happens. Now, the other part of that question was, can it, is, can someone be arrested for not having a proper tag? And the short answer is that any misdemeanor offense, even a traffic violation, and just so everyone's aware, I just had a guy call the other day to ask me, and I was talking about traffic violations, and he said, no, I'm not talking about uh, misdemeanors. I'm talking about traffic violations. Well, every traffic violation is considered a misdemeanor. It's within the criminal law. Um, so what that means is any violation of a misdemeanor is an arrestable offense. It doesn't mean that the officer will make the arrest, but they could. So that gives them enough legally to make that arrest. But like I said, it doesn't mean that that person will be arrested, just that the officer has the right, the authority to do so. Yeah, and if you have questions about the the plates, we had a great show on July 7th, autocorrect license plates. We had the Harrison County tax collector on the show. Man, she gave us some eye-opening information. So if you, if you have questions about that, uh, be sure to follow that. Um, uh, wow, we've got full phones. Let's, Jay, let's go to Roger in Florence. Roger, we, uh, we talked a little bit about uh, window tint. I heard, hope you heard some of that. What's your comment or question? Well, I missed that because I had to leave the phone and I, <laughs> I had another engagement. So you may have addressed this, but I want to know from this, this person who is in the department that ought to be able to help this matter, why is it? Well, when's the last time he heard of an arrest for an absolutely opaque window on a car? And secondly, why aren't there more arrests for that? Or why don't we just simply change the law and say you don't even have to have windows? You can put anything you want up there and not be able to see in to see who the driver is. Well, I can answer that question. I have heard of a, of a case very recently within the past few weeks where one of MHP made an arrest on that. Uh, not And it wasn't improper. It was exactly the way it was supposed to go. Uh, but it ended up being a situation where the officer did not want to have court on the side of the road. And what I mean by that is, Pleading your case on the side of the road is, as a driver is probably never a good idea. You know, that, that officer's obviously got one opinion and you've got your opinion. Having court on the side of the road is never a good idea. It's not safe for anybody involved. If you're given a court date, you're going to come. You can tell that neutral magistrate, that judge, what's going on and let them make the call on what happens. But it is an arrestable offense, and I do know it's happening. I'm not going to say that it's rampant throughout the state, 
And I'm not saying that every time it's an arrest is made, it's proper or that it's improper. But it's going to be one of those situations where it's a totality of circumstances that the officer is going to have to make that call. So if the officer... Have you ever heard of a conviction? Have you ever heard of a conviction? Well, for not having the correct window tint? Yes, I have heard of that. But, I mean, I, if you're asking just generally if I've heard of, of a conviction based off of someone not having the proper window tint, yes. Uh, I don't know what county you're in or what issue you've got there in that area, but it's it's different throughout the state. So if a individual, if the officer who stops you does feel like your windows are too uh, dark, are you then not allowed to drive your vehicle, or do, do you just get a citation, or can you drive off in the vehicle with the two tinted windows, or do they call a tow truck? Yeah, that'd be an officer discretion issue, right? If they think that, hey, you know, you're close to home, we're going to get this taken care of, we're going to do that, they're going to let you drive it back. I don't know of many situations where they're going to, you know, impound the vehicle immediately because of that. Uh, they would, they might impound the vehicle uh, subject to an arrest uh, because that's, you know, we don't want to leave the car on the side of the road. We want to make sure it's safe for those that drive by. Uh, but I'm not aware of any situations where they're saying, hey, we've got to take your car now because you don't have the right window tint. How's that for you, Roger? You doing? What do you think? Well, I want to know if it's legal to uh, have a business where you tint windows way beyond the, the, uh, the legal limits. Right. That's a good question. I will just say this. The Department of Public Safety likes to stay in its lane, and its lane is about the driver and the vehicle itself. What the businesses are doing might not be right, but it's not going to be something DPS can, can jump into on that end. Thanks, Roger. We appreciate you calling in. Hey, I'll tell you what I don't like. This is, this is Liz getting on her soapbox. I don't like folks who have like a smoky license plate cover. I guess they do. You know, we don't have a lot of... We don't have red light cameras anymore. Um, you know, they don't they don't take they don't give you a ticket if you drive through a red light because there's a camera. We don't have toll bridges that I know of that, you know, f- give you a toll, uh, you know, from your license plate. I can only think of nefarious reasons why you would have a smoky cover over your license plate. And once again, you you can't police the makers of those license plate covers, but that seems mean and bad. Yeah, I, like I said, I'm going to leave the tags to the tag people. But as a former criminal defense attorney, I can tell you that, you know, you've got to make sure that you can see it. Because if not, it's going to give the officer a reason to pull somebody over. And I always ask this question. You might win that in court. You might make the argument, hey, I, this wasn't a proper citation. But why in the world would you invite an officer to pull you over because it's questionable, right? I mean, if the law says what it says and you can't cover parts of it up, just don't do it. You don't have a problem. I also don't like the, hey, I'm a Bulldog fan, and it's all the way around the rim of the license plate, yep. and then you can't see. If it covers the county code, that's a problem. You know, the, I don't know if y'all noticed, but obviously the county at the bottom, it's written out, but then there's a number on the top right corner used. I think it's top right, and that's going to correspond with that county. They're, the officers are supposed to be able to see that. See, folks, we are helping you. We are helping <laughs> you because we don't want you to get uh, into trouble. And I'm going to help you, Liz. That that thing could also say rebels or oh, yes. eagles <laughs> or tigers or delta devils or any other person, people, thing, animal, or agitator yeah. you might could think of. Or if you're a glutton for punishment, the cowboys you could right. say that. And that'd be fun, too. All right. We are discussing legal aspects of driving. Send us those emails, auto at mpbonline.org. We have a new car review 
from Casey Williams coming up. He says it's been his favorite. So this will be interesting to listen to. And I always have to remember because it's not, you know, Ford, GM, whatever. A Genesis is a Hyundai Motor Group vehicle. If you say so. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's their classy Hyundai, like a Lexus is a Toyota, I think. Is that right? I don't my, know. my soccer mom car doesn't care. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. This week I'm driving my favorite vehicle of the year. It's the 2023 Genesis GV60 Performance Edition. Underneath the skin, it shares much of its electrical architecture with the Kia EV6, but it has an entirely different look. The front looks like an electric car. It's kind of got that molded plastic look, but it's got the twin headlamp look and the same in the back, kind of the wraparound tail lamps from other Genesis crossovers and sedans. Inside, pure luxury. This has suede and Napa leather seats, just absolutely beautiful. Heated and ventilated in the front, heated in the back. It has a banging Olufsen sound system, a heads-up display, and all the crash avoidance systems. But underneath the skin is really where the magic happens. So this has a 235-mile range, a little bit light, but it's enough. You can recharge from 10 to 80% on a fast charger in just 18 minutes. Very practical. And it'll take you about 7 hours if you do it on a 240-volt home charger. This even has a facial recognition system to enter the vehicle and a fingerprint recognition system to start it. I like that a lot. So let's talk about price. The GV60 starts just under $60,000. This one all in, we'll get $69,560. This is AutoCorrect. Hey, if you've missed any of our program, because you're getting in and out of the car, you can listen to the whole show at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. Autocorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11. Hey, stay tuned after the show at 11 a.m. Thursday. It's Southern Remedy Kids and Teens with Dr. Morgan McLeod. I'm Liz Gill. Our expert is usually Coach Charlie Melton, ASC Certified Master Technician. He's out today. Today, our guest is General Counsel Eric Brown from the Mississippi Department of Public Safety. We've got some phone calls we're going to get through. Let's go to Steve in Raymond. Steve, thanks for hanging on. What's your comment or question uh, from Department of Public Safety? Yes, I have two quick questions. Uh, okay, you know, now that now everybody's doing these catalytic converters, once one is removed, what is the law about having it on there? Oh, do you have to have one on? Is that a legally thing? I don't know the law about having to put it back on there. When I saw the question at first, I thought, that, what's the law going to be if somebody steals it from me? And I was like, well, I can right. answer that one. <laughs> but I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know about re- having the, the necessity of replacing it once it's taken. Well, I can definitely yeah. look into that. I'm going to make sure I put my email address out at the end because, like I said earlier, I'm a glutton for punishment, I guess, in this area too. But y'all can send me other other questions you might have, but I can definitely look into that. Steve, okay. when you when you uh, don't hang up when we're finished with you, let me put you on hold, and we'll have Jay White uh, get a phone number or a, a contact, and we'll see if it's street legal to drive without a catalytic converter. I know Coach has said, man, you really want one because they're important, oh, yeah, but there you go. Right. So what was number two? Uh, on a, just a regular car, like a four-door sedan, if a back windshield is busted out, is that law like is that a reason to pull a car over yeah i'm unaware of any law that requires there to be a back window in there i mean it's probably a good idea to have one but i don't know that you have to have one the front windshield though that is that's a requirement right okay okay thank you so much great hang on steve all right let's go to uh john in go oh wait wait no jamie let's do jamie jamie's been holding for a long time let's go to jamie in loosedale jamie what's your comment or question 
just a question that uh, since the Highway Patrol now uh, regulates with the commercial vehicle, there seems to be an awful lot more uh, officers out on the road strictly for commercial vehicles. I travel, we were in the manufacturing business and we ship our product with our own semi trucks. And so I see a lot of officers now strictly dedicated for commercial vehicles. I could travel 300 miles across the state to see 10 of them versus two highway patrol that regulates everything. So is that something that's just gotten a lot of importance now with the highway patrol office, or what, what's the reason for that? Yeah, it's tough to guess as to why the reasoning is, but I will say that there was a restructuring in state government that happened not too long ago where what was normally known as the Mississippi Department of Transportation Enforcement Division, that was placed under the umbrella of Department of Public Safety. So instead of it being MDOT enforcement, those those individuals, those law enforcement officers are now under the umbrella of the Department of Public Safety, and we now have a commercial transportation enforcement division. Um, I would, if I had to, I don't know how to guess what the answer is on that, but I would say this. Uh, with any restructuring comes different leadership uh, and different administrators, and there could be more of an emphasis, obviously, to uh, to be more present. Well, I just see that there's a lot of, a lot of funding going towards that, and they only can regulate commercial vehicles. And, you know, a commercial vehicle, that's where someone's making their livelihood. So they're almost, you know, uh, you know <laughs> it just seems to be that there's a lot of financial money going towards that part of highway patrol and not on to highway patrols that would regulate everything. Right, I would just say that in, any grant funding we get comes to the Department of Public Safety, and some of that obviously funnels through to the Highway Patrol, and there are different grants that are there that they're for specific issues. Um, I'll just leave it at that. So that's that's where that's where we are now. Thanks, Jamie. We appreciate. Ooh, good eagle eyes, keeping your eye out for what's going on around you. Let's go to John in Gulfport. John, we're so glad you've called into AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question? Hello, thanks for taking my call. I had a chuckle when you talked about uh, uh vehicle from Vermont because I've just come down to <laughs> from Vermont. Well, I picked on Vermont because I thought, what are the chances they're going to get mad about that one? There's nobody from Vermont going to be listening to this. Well, Little did I know. Vermont is, is, we're not trying to block the sun most of the year. We're trying to get as much sun as we can get. So. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, I've got two very quick questions. One, uh, uh, my wife is... Um, uh, a Filipino, she she has a green card and so forth, but she didn't have a driver's license in the Philippines. What is the process for her to get a Mississippi driver's license? I heard you mention at the top of the show that there is no longer a driving test. And uh, what are, are are there options for me to help teach her, or does that ha- does she have to take a some kind of certified uh, driver ed course as a first time uh, adult? Licensing. Yeah, if she's never had a license before in the United States, there's gonna there's gonna be a, a need to take that written test, but the the actual driving test itself is not gonna be necessary. We just want to make sure the person obviously can read the signs and know what's going on. The written test can be studied for, and uh, it can be passed with a little bit of work, obviously. So there's gonna be a written test, but nothing nothing in that uh, the ballpark of of actually sitting behind the wheel. Uh, with the highway patrol to take that test anymore and how do you get that uh, the book to is is the book online uh, to how to test for it i i think it's still online now but the best way to get it is obviously go to the station any of the driver service bureau stations across the state they're five dollars and you get one and you it's up to date i just literally revamped it probably six months ago so Uh, thanks john we appreciate you calling in now eric told me a secret 
That's not a secret because it was on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Tell us about Gulfport. Yeah, sure. So uh, yesterday uh, there was a a press release letting everybody know that, hey, uh, there is now a driver service bureau location inside the airport in Gulfport. Uh, And it's a a pilot situation to see if if there's a way we can help those that need help immediately because they're about to get on on a plane. Because when it comes to May 3rd, 2023, everyone's going to have to have a real ID compliant license. If you don't have that, you're not going to be able to get on a certain plane, uh, on a plane that, that, that is subject to federal regulations, obviously. So you're going to need those. So we're going to see how that works out. Um, I don't know how busy they're going to be or don't know how many people might need them, but we know it's there and it's accessible to them if they need it. And we had Eric on i'm scrolling back really quick wait uh we had eric on march 1st of 2022 for in legal terms public safety and we talked about the real ids so if you want to go back and listen to that podcast for in legal terms public safety march 1st 2022 eric our hour has flown by so so fast my email email address i said i would say that so i don't want to lie okay uh, I'm Eric Brown. My email address is me Brown, M-E-B-R-O-W-N, at dps.ms.gov. Me Brown. Oh, that's okay. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, my first name is Michael. So oh, okay. Out. All right. Well, we are so glad that you took the time to be with us today. We appreciate our crew, Jay White and Java Chapman. Coach Charlie Melton, Master Technician, will be back with us next week. I'm Liz Gill. Thank you. We know you got time to spend other places, but we appreciate you spending your time with AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.